Hi, this is Bobby Burgess, uh, the original Mouseketeer and the dancer from the Lawrence Welk Show. Listen to TV Confidential with Ed. Let's go to July 2nd, 1955. And a one... And a two. And a one and a two. You have to explain that now. <laughs> At one time, everybody knew who Lawrence Welk was. Well, I, think a, I think a fair amount of our I, listeners who are listening I, to I think yeah. so. Um, and we, our, our age group, know it is, oh, that's the thing Grandma wants to watch. Don't bother her while it's on. Exactly. <laughs> Lawrence Welk always seemed to be a family thing. It was. It, it, it was. It was, the last, it was the last of that era. And yeah. it, it is often parodied. Well, yes. it's right now SNL for a while was doing their Lawrence Welk show parody. Yeah, and so for a whole new generation, I think uh, you know they've been able to take stuff that now you see on the Game Show Network, and now that have become the YouTube sensations and, and go with it. And and as Bobby Burgess, uh, Bobby Burgess, who was one of the dancers of the Lawrence Welk show, he as, as he was a mouseketeer. He was a mouseketeer. Also, yeah. former mouseketeer, as he told us when he was on our show a few weeks ago. There are a lot of Lawrence Welkisms. Uh, that have made into the vernacular because of his of, of, of his accent, and he was from North Dakota. And, and, and you, you would have thought he was from Norway the way no, he spoke. But no, no, <laughs> but you know, for fifteen years he was a staple of the AB, he, was, he was not only a staple of the ABC uh, Saturday lineup, but uh, when his show was uh, canceled in the summer of 71 to make way for hip affairs such as the primetime dating game and the primetime newlywood game. <laughs> <laughs> Welk was canny enough to continue the show in first-run syndication yes. and pretty much formulate his own array of independent stations that would air the show, usually on Saturday nights, usually somewhere between... 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. local time, depending on the market, and that that way, you know, for older viewers, it became it, they could still watch the show. It would be part of their weekend. How would you describe the music? Was it champagne? It was music? Champagne, champagne music. Champagne music. Was the uh, yeah the term that was used. Dun, 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 and he had the bubbles. Dun, 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 yeah, had the bubbles. And then you know, even when he retired in 1982, all of this was repackaged. It, and syndicated. It, 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 it's and the it, best it, it of. Is, it is still airing yes. on, yeah. on a lot of PBS stations to mm-hmm. this day. Yeah, usually they have you know one of the ensembles now host one of the ensemble players hosts the best of. You if know, not Bobby Burgess and someone not, who plays yeah. the family. And it's kind of like a time capsule. Let's go back to this day, mm-hmm. and they bring it back. But I remember when Lawrence Welk was still around, uh, uh, he would open the show in a golf cart. You know, you could see the clubs in the back. So it looked like, you know, he's retired, he's playing golf, but before he goes play, plays a round of golf, you know, he's going to be a little nostalgic, you know, and then it'd be like, and let's, let's take a look back at, see how we looked when we were just a little bit younger, and then, you know, the show would fade in there. And because it's, I mean, there's dancing involved, but it was basically a musical show, so... Yes. Yeah, a musical variety show. Yeah, and much of the music that he played were standards, a lot of accordion, as I remember. Yeah, a lot of accordion. So mm-hmm. in that respect, the show is timeless. And so even you, you may be watching a videotape of a show that was taped 35 years ago, but, but it's, you may, okay, maybe the, some of the fashions might be a little, some of the outfits might be a little oh. garish, but uh, uh, nope. it is about the music. 
And I, I remember, I'm just remembering that it was on in our house on many Saturday nights, mm-hmm. not just when my grandparents were in town, because there were three networks. And I guess this was the only family-friendly program on at that. I don't know what it came up against, but I remember many times it being on in our house when I was a little bitty girl. And I, I watched. I thought it was kind of funny. It you know, came on 1955, so we're talking 60 years this July. You know, when it was on in the 60s and color was new, you could see how the color, everything was made for color television at that time. You know, so it looked very, uh, very bright, very colorful, uh, very pretty. Very pretty. So when they went to color, there was it was that was a big shift. But I think for a lot of people, also just in that time, the 1960s, what they were watching on the news just prior to this show coming on, what was going on, what was being reflected in both movie and television, how the counterculture was kind of making certain changes for a lot of Americans, especially, I would say, the older ones. They want not only to have an escape. This was, I think, a true escape from what was going on in the world right now and just have, you know, happy song dance stuff. You know, they wanted to uh, feel good. And they did not want to necessarily think they just wanted to enjoy the music. Right. It, 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 it was a nice escape. And for a number of years, it was ABC's anchor show yeah. on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would, uh, at, at a time when the, when the primetime lineup would start at 7.30, mm-hmm. Lawrence Wilk would come on at 8.30. And so it yeah. and run 8.30 to 9.30. So and it was it, it, it was the linchpin of that Saturday night lineup for many years. And you have uh, to, also in the, in the mid-60s, going into the 70s, the variety show was shifting. You had Laugh-In, you had Smothers Brothers, even Sonny and Cher, you know, it was, you know, a, a little bit of a stylized counterculture, yeah. younger couple hosting. It got a so little hipper. It got a little hipper. And uh, if uh, you were not hip enough to be in the room, let's say you wanted, you wanted this. And there, I, there was still so much of a market that wanted, you know, that type of show that would be on. Carol Burnett would be on later, you know, on Saturday nights. What about Hollywood Palace? That was also ABC, wasn't it? Yes. In fact, for the bulk of its run on ABC, Lawrence Welk was the lead-in to the Hollywood Mm -hmm. Palace. So you had a nice little block of variety. Okay. And and two very, very different shows. Mm -hmm. Two very, very different shows. The Hollywood Palace, Palace was more of a star-studded spectacle. Uh, It was a show, it was a variety show without an ongoing host. It was, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. it morphed out of the ill-fated Jerry Lewis variety show from from the fall of 1964, where they built this, it was was a two-hour show that, uh, tried to be Ed Sullivan and the Johnny Carson Tonight Show in a primetime form, only it was carried by Jerry Lewis. And for a number of reasons, it didn't take off. And uh, But they, constri- they they took the old El Capitan Theater, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and which was the, ho- was the, to clarify, what we now know as the El Capitan, right. many years ago was called the El Capitan, and then it became the Paramount Theater, right. and so for decades. And then what was now known as the Hollywood Palace. It's still now just called the Palace. Yeah. 
for a while. That was referred to the El Capitan. Bob Hope used to do a radio show there where Desi Arnaz was his band leader. And if you look at any of the old material, it was from the El Capitan, which is not the theater, but it is just well, uh, on, on Vine Street uh, near Hollywood and Vine. Yeah. yeah, well, ABC, at great expense, constructed, I mean, re- renovated the old Capitan El, yeah, El Capitan yeah. Theater for this huge set for this Jerry Lewis two-hour variety show, which tanked after 13 weeks. And they canceled the Jerry Lewis show, but they they decided, okay, we've invested in the theater. We've got the time slot. Let's just continue with a variety show only. It will be sort of of like an anthology variety show. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. In that it will not have a regular host. Uh, but it will have different musical acts, and maybe sometimes it'll be it'll have a theme like a musical show, and that is and and, and we'll call it the Hollywood Palace, mm-hmm. and that is how and, and and that is how the that that show evolved, and it was a staple, and as and as we mentioned a few minutes ago, it was a it was a staple of the Saturday night lineup with the Lawrence Welk show as its lead on lead mm-hmm. in for a good uh, five six years. And, and that venue later would uh, be the host of the Merv Griffin show for several years. That's right. That's if right. you remember the teasers, you know, before the show would come on, like you know, during other shows, you know, Merv would always say, "And tonight from the Hollywood Palace, we got, and he would have the the setup over there. He would later move down to his own studio, just a little bit further down by and closer to Sunset." And, uh, yeah, that's now a, a shopping complex. That would, that, would, that would have been before he took the show to Caesars Palace. Yes. And, and for a while, he was alternating between Las Vegas and, and Hollywood. And uh, so he did the alter. Yeah, and then he stayed in uh, Vegas for a good while. And then that became a nightclub called The Palace. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Which I believe it still is. I believe it still is. Uh, I think it's undergone uh, several owners. I remember when I played Little League, one of my teammates, my, actually my coach, owned The Palace. Ah. And I believe he purchased the last D in the Hollywood sign when it was redone back in 1979. So now it's just Hollywood. Wood. Yes, he bought. Well, he bought one D. Oh, he bought the D. So it's just he Holly- bought the D at the end. So I'm sorry, it's just yeah. Hollywood. Yeah. No D. No, he didn't buy. He he <laughs> he paid to have it redone. Oh, I see. Andy Williams bought the W. I see. Alice Cooper bought a letter. Uh, nice. Yeah. Hugh so. Hefner. Hugh Hefner, I think, got the H. H. I was being mm-hmm. silly. Yes. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty Group, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer 
or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.